0: Welcome to Champagne Sharks episode 17. Let's go. down to business this is t your host known on twitter as ricky rawls r-i-c-k-y-r-a-w-l-s now i wanted to talk about a story that came across my timeline today but it's not new this specific article that was put in my timeline is only about a month old And the story itself is from last year. Almost a year ago. I think it was October 2016. It's about some white teenage girl. Or an adult, depending on how you look at it. Because she's 18. You can call her a teen, you can call her an adult. But she accused two guys of rape. Two athletes of rape at a party. And it was revealed that she lied about being raped by these cottage football players. And what I found interesting about it was how different news outlets covered this different ways. It was very interesting to me. But I'm going to start with the article that came out um, in, the, in the, my timeline, right? I'm going to read it in full. It's from the New York Daily News and it's dated june sixteenth, twenty seventeen. And the title is Former Connecticut College Student Accused of Making Up Rape Allegations Against Two Football Players Facing Two Years in Prison. A former Connecticut College student charged with falsely accusing two football players of rape has been offered a plea deal, but there's a catch. Long Island resident Nikki Ovino would have to spend two years in prison if she agrees to the compromise, according to the Connecticut Post. I think the offer is a good one considering the serious allegations in the case, Superior Court Judge Earl Richards said in the Bridgeport courtroom Thursday, according to the newspaper. The two former Sacred Heart University football players who were accused of rape will also weigh in on the plea deal, the newspaper continued. They withdrew from the school after the allegations surfaced rather than face expulsion. The Connecticut Post reported earlier this year that one of the players is back at the school but was not on the team. This has just been a nightmare for them, their lawyer August Seviano told the newspaper. Jovino, now 19, is facing charges of falsely reporting an incident and tampering with or fabricating evidence. If she accepts the plea deal, her prison term would be followed by three years of probation. Authorities allege that Yovino fabricated the rapes last year so that another male student would become angry and sympathetic to her. Those are her exact words, and in quotation marks. She said that she wanted the other male student to become, quote, angry and sympathetic to her. This is according to the arrest warrant affidavit obtained by the Connecticut Post. She admitted that she made up the allegation of sexual assault against the football players because it was the first thing that came to mind and she didn't want to lose another male student as a friend and potential boyfriend, according to the newspaper. The two students said they had consensual sex with Jovino, according to the Connecticut Post. Yovino's lawyer has said earlier this year, That she stands by her account that the two athletes sexually assaulted her in the bathroom during an off campus party. So, her lawyer is claiming that she still stands by the rape story, even though she's on record saying that she wasn't raped. But there's a lot of things missing from this story, and one of the things missing is the race of the young men accused of rape now there's a picture of the girl she's clearly white but i found it interesting that there was no um mention of the race of the boys and also there's no real description of how she got caught it's just saying she faces charges of lying so it still kind of makes it kind of like a he say she say It's, It's it's very you know, they don't really, you know, make it clear, but it says that she admitted that she made up the allegations, so when I say he says, she says, like, she accused them, they denied it, and for some reason, she admitted it, but they don't say why she admitted it, I mean, the way they put it, it could have just been guilt, it could have been a, her conscience, you know, and so I just kept digging, and what was interesting was the more I dug, the different degrees of reporting I saw, it was it was not very consistent reporting and something always seemed to be left out. But I did manage eventually to find the race of the men. HuffPo gave their story and it shed a little bit more light and among the things that it shed light on was um why what the race of the men was and why she um ended up recanting. It gives a little bit of light on that. so this is uh what it says. Yovino had originally reported she had been sexually assaulted by two black men in a bathroom. But Fitzgerald told HuffPost that investigators noted inconsistencies in her report while collecting witness accounts and cell phone video that contradicted her story. She surrendered to police on Tuesday. So... The two new facts that come out from the Huff Post version that the two men were black. That's number one. And number two, what comes out from the Huff Post version is that the reason she got caught and had to admit was because eyewitnesses contradicted her and cell phone contradicted her. But what's interesting is. This is still lacking something because this version still doesn't say what the vic- what the witnesses actually saw or claimed to see and what the cell phone video was supposed to capture you know it just says that there were inconsistencies and she had to surrender and admit that she lied and it also repeats that whole thing about you know she did it to impress a potential boyfriend. Okay. So uh, now that I see that there's some kind of conflicting eyewitness things, there has to be a reason why they're not elaborating on it. Something's weird about that. So I dug further again. I found an article by the New York Post that shed even more light. Interestingly, the New York Post article leaves out, like the other articles do, the race of the young men, but it sheds more light on the whole eyewitness and cell phone thing. So none of these stories seems to be able to ever give the full story. So this one says Investigators said Yovino claimed two men pulled her into a bathroom in the basement of the house and held her down, taking turns sexually assaulting her, the Connecticut Post reports. I don't want to be in here. I don't want to do anything, police said she claimed she told the men. My friends are waiting for me outside. Let me go outside. Both men admitted having sex with Yovino, but claimed it was consensual. Bridgeport Police Detective Walberto Cardo Jr., Later questioned Jovino after other students said it appeared Jovino went into the bathroom willingly with the two men. One student, according to the arrest warrant affidavit, said he overheard Jovino telling the men she wanted to have sex with them. She admitted that she made up the allegation of sexual assault against the football players because it was the first thing that came to mind and she didn't want to lose another male student as a friend and potential boyfriend. She stated that she believed when the other male student heard the allegation, it would make him angry and sympathetic to her, according to the affidavit. That last paragraph, I know I repeated it, but I just wanted to reiterate something about that paragraph. Now. Think about it. Think about this. So, most of the articles just say that she ended up admitting the truth. She accused them. They denied it. She ended up admitting it. Leave the race out. Leave out some other details about what made her finally admit it. Other article tells you the race of the men, which changes things considerably. and also mentions that, hey, there were conflicting eyewitness accounts and cell phone videos. Now, this New York Post version actually tells you the details of what was captured by the eyewitness testimonies and the cell phone videos, which is people overheard her propositioning these black men. People saw her willingly go to the bathroom, or recorded her going to the bathroom, and who knows what else was overheard and recorded. So in addition to not telling, so in addition to it being consensual, she was actually the aggressor. Think about that. Like, she, I mean, the typical Narrative, you know, especially in the system of white supremacy, is you know, this little teenage or this teenage white girl would be afraid or intimidated by these two big black, scary male athletes. You know, she's living in this rape culture. Black men are hypersexual and aggressive, and these black men were high testosterone athletes, but I mean, she is a white woman who understands, like most white people learn very young, she understands she lives in a system of white supremacy and that she has her power over them. Even if not directly, she has power over them in her power over white men. If she has white men wrapped around her finger And she can get those white men to do to those men whatever she wants. So, think about this for a second. The very next day after she does this, the first thing she does is go to the cops and say she got raped. And she says she did it to win the affections of this other guy. And I'm presuming the other guy was white because of how she's treating him. She's treating him as boyfriend material. She's treating him as someone that she has to protect her image to, someone that she has to keep looking virginal to, that she has to keep looking like um worthwhile girlfriend material to. But with these men, the black men, she doesn't care. I mean, she not only is unafraid to consent to sex with them in a three-way, in a bathroom, at a party, she's willing to actually approach and be the aggressor and the propositioner. See, because what we are, black men, black people, we're objects, we're to some degree in a system of white supremacy, we're always considered less than human. So, she had no problem going to these guys and sullying her own reputation. I'm saying sullying in quotation marks because I don't want to be accused of slut-shaming, but, you know, she is not as protective of her relationship with these guys because she doesn't have to care what they think about her to a degree because they're always going to be less than her, even. Her as a stereotypical quote unquote slut is still in her mind um of more value. Her life matters more than theirs. And that's what we are for white people very often. For white people very often, we're what they use to get things out of the system when it's time to slum, when it's time to experience new sexual heights or experience or get Things out of your system, you know, or to explore your ed, your dark side, your wild side. Whereas white people are what you go to to find completion, to be elevated, to be recognized as worthwhile. Those are who you have to protect your relationship, your reputation, your image around. And what I found interesting and this is why I repeated the paragraph twice. She didn't just say she wanted to make the guy sympathetic to her. He said She said explicitly she wanted him to get angry and sympathetic. And I found that fascinating. Why angry? Like, why can't she just be happy with jealous and wanting to date her? Why can't she be happy with um, him being sympathetic and feeling bad. Like, why did she explicitly say angry? I found that very interesting that she told on her herself like that. And I think in a system of white supremacy, a lot of suspected white supremacist women get off on white men getting racially enraged against black men on their behalf. And it's very common because we live in a society that kind of naturally believes in the virtue and goodness of white women. We don't often like to think of white women as being as complicit in the history of the system of white supremacy as white men are. We Tend to think of them as co victims or, you know, people who had a little more sympathy for black people than their husbands, but who were unable to help black people as much as they wanted because, you know, they were living under patriarchy and they were oppressed too. And because they were oppressed too, they could not do as much as they would have liked to do or, you know, shown sympathy or being been decent people. But what we don't do enough is think of white men as white women as active participants in white supremacy. Like a lot of times people will think of the white woman who falsely accused the black man of rape or who others would falsely believe was raped by a black man. A lot of times you think of these white women as people who didn't expect things to go that far. People who were um, mortified but were powerless to stop these mobs of marauding white male racists. Or people who maybe lie to protect their reputation in their white communities or among their white husbands like maybe they had a consensual relationship with the black man and they needed to protect themselves in fear of it coming out but who'd never expected it to spiral out of control like that or who felt kind of guilty about it you know like they were like oh this isn't what I wanted, I'm living in shame and guilt over this, over what happened, it went too far, or, or no, people think about them as people who didn't, who didn't instigate anything, it was all third parties, third parties made the assumption, and the white woman was like, no, no, that wasn't what happened, and they're like, no, we know that nigga raped you, we're gonna kill him, and You're not going to stop us. And she's like, no, I'm telling you, he didn't rape me. You know, and I think, and that's why I like the story, because it's rare that you see some uh, racist white woman telling herself like this. But white men getting enraged on behalf of white women to the point of killing The black man on the, on behalf of the white woman's virtue, that's not a bug. That's a feature. That's something that a lot of these racist white women, past and present, deliberately wanted to happen. I can't tell you for sure why, what they get out of it, what the ego boost is. I mean, but I do think many of them egged it on, and reveled in it. And a great example is when you do research on the Emmett Till case. I watched a video by a YouTuber named Lashid For You. If I find this video again, if it's still up, I'll try to put it in the show notes. But she did a great, it's a really long video, it's like over two hours, but she did a great breakdown of the Emmett Till case and a lot of it she focused on the white woman who was the cause of it all. And when you watch this video and you see the pictures that the sheet puts up and read accounts of all this underreported stuff, you realize, wow, this woman was a scumbag and a racist and somebody who was as happy about the wrongful murder of Emmett Till as the people who actually did the killing her husband was one of the people on trial and you see them you see her and her husband and i believe it's her sister and her sister's husband because her sister's husband i think was also on trial uh i might be getting a few of the details wrong but basically when she was in court and you see the picture she was happy as a clam and there was no shame no remorse no regret on her face and a lot of the other stories that come out show that she was the kind of person who was very flirty, liked to flirt, liked to um, make her husband jealous, and one thing she liked to do was uh, flirt. She worked in a store, like flirt with uh, black men who came into her store, and to kind of try to get them worked up and stuff. That was something that came out in some accounts that she that she liked trying to um, flirt and make her husband jealous, and they were all acquitted. I think she was never even on trial, but the men, including her husband, who had killed Emmett Till on her behalf, uh, they were all acquitted, but there's tons of photos of her during and after the trial laughing, reveling in the acquittal, like even laughing during the trial, and there's no evidence of there's no evidence of her showing any remorse for this that I that I know of. Um I believe she might have um said something close to said something close to death. I think um she admitted that she lied in 2017 Maybe because she was getting uh, close to the pearly gates, She's like 76. I don't know if she ever died, but I know she was uh, getting up there in age and was in the best health. And it's reported that she admitted that uh, she lied. That's the last thing I heard. But regardless regardless of why she finally admitted it, it took a long time for it to happen. So it wasn't burning her up inside all that much. But let me ask you this: why do you think so many of these white women you know slum or indulge in the dark side or flirt with danger to get that rush from black men to get that uh pleasure that sensation that Im- that immersive uh, sensuality that they're That they seem to be seeking, and then rush to cry rape because there's a long history of it in this country. And there's a great book called White Women, Black Men that um, goes into this both the, you know, about the consensual relationships dating back to the 1600s between white women and black men, and how over time, rape became part of the narrative. And what I'll say is this. It's because white women understand how white men often think under a system of white supremacy. And how these white men often think, and this is a weird thing to wrap your head around, but many white men in a system of white supremacy believe all sex between a black man and a white woman is rape, even consensual sex. Which sounds like a contradiction, but again, all sex between a black man and a white woman is automatically rape. Implicitly or explicitly is automatically understood to be rape. Even if the white woman technically consents. Now, of course this sounds nuts. And you have to try to put yourself into the warped mindset of a white supremacist to understand it. But here's the here's the example: a black man marries marries I mean, they have a ceremony and everything a white woman. He gets um, accused of abuse marital rape, you know, whatever, for some reason. Now, many white men will jump to his, jump to get him, jump to uh, call for some kind of punishment to happen to him. And how do they view the white woman, given that she consents? How are they still able to view this as, as rape? What usually happens from what I've seen is one of two things. First, they will think the white woman was somehow tricked into consenting, like it's a rape by deceit. The like There's an old court case, for example, where a man staged an elaborate marriage to a woman because he knew the woman was very adamant about only having sex after marriage. So this guy went rented out someplace. He hired a friend to pose as a priest, and he did this whole elaborate thing to make the woman believe that they got married. They had sex on a quote-unquote wedding night, and then he admits, hey, guess what? We're not really married. That was a friend of mine. This was a whole sham. This is all that I've with you. I, I swear this is a real case. It's nuts. I think it was in the early 1900s or something. And she um, accused them of rape. And she won because it was called rape by deceit because she gave her consent under false pretenses. The false pretense was that they were married. If she knew they weren't married, she wouldn't have had sex with him, so even though technically she consented to have sex with him, she did it under false pretenses. She consented to have sex with what she thought was her husband, and the only reason she, she thought he was her husband was because he led her to, and he knew that that was a necessary condition so to a white supremacists, the rape by deceit is the black man. Misrepresented himself as a man, as a human being, when he's really a subhuman being. So you'll see a lot of times on Stormfront or you'll see racist articles and a big theme in some racist articles that address interracial relationships. A big thing is trying to educate white women on how bad black men are. You know what I mean? Like, like they'll be like, uh, "White women do the right thing." White genocide. Do you see these FBI crime stats? You know, be careful, or you're gonna end up getting raped or killed by this black animal that you've brought into your house. Like that. Like to them, it's as if a a wild gorilla, or some kind of wild animal, shaved off. You know, all his hair and learn to talk and find a way to pass himself off as a human being and a man and a a man a human man to the point where he managed to marry a human a human woman and have sex with her see he fooled her and in the mind of white supremacists they'll still take it one step further they'll be like oh the jewish media, the cultural marxists, the liberals, they helped with the deceit. They they were like almost like accomplices, like you know, this white I mean this this gorilla learned to walk, talk and look like a human and all these people, you know, twirling their mustaches and rubbing their hands together, conspired to help him pull off this lie just like That guy in that old court case that I told you about got his friends to pretend to be priests and got a whole bunch of other accomplices to help uh, his scam. So it's still rape because of um, the deceit involved. You know, a black man is subhuman. So her, Mary, he's a subhuman who's misrepresenting himself as a human. So so she's still kinda like a victim of rape. Rape by deceit. Now the other view that they'll take that will allow them to still keep looking at these as rape, what they'll next tell themselves is okay. Yeah, she consented, but that just makes her a co conspirator in her own rape. Which is extra warped. They'll be like, yeah, okay. Her consenting doesn't make him not a rapist. Instead, that makes her both the victim of the rape, as well as the the co-conspirator with the black guy in raping her. And I hope that makes sense, because even me saying it and knowing it and understanding it, I still have trouble making sense out of it. I mean, I I think it's true, but I still have trouble making sense out of it. But I swear they look at a white woman oftentimes in consensual relations with a black man as conspiring to get herself raped. So if you notice a lot of times when they're using a black woman, a white woman as a tool To attack a black man, you know, and and to exercise the racism, like say, like a white girl gets raped or killed by a black man, especially a black man that she was in a consensual relationship with, it will always be some kind of weird mix among white supremacists. Often in the same single white supremacist, there'll be a weird mix of, oh, this poor. Beautiful, virginal white girl. We lost a prize uh, hum- to humanity. A beautiful, innocent white girl died thanks to those niggas. And they'll intersperse that, talking about the same girl with stuff like that's what these dumb bitches get. You know, these dumb bitches want to be mud sharks and coal burners. And look, you know, They'll alternate between calling these white girl victims angels and she devils over the same over the same act. You know they can't even. They have a weird cognitive uh, distance. They want to cape for her. They want to put her on a pedestal as a rape victim, but they'll also, because she consented, they solve that cognitive distance, by also. T- Viewing her as a co-conspirator in her in her own rape, so f- they can also badmouth her at times too, along with the black guy. And since most of these guys who are heavy-duty racists also tend to be wild misogynists, they get to in- scratch two witches at once. So yeah, I mean it's a huge it's a huge mess and a lot of these black guys really believe uh in this post-racial world they see these black celebrities uh they're tired of the creators they're Pharrell's their A. P. Mob and a whole host of other kind of black guys who have a very post-racial new Negro type of uh, way about them. And a lot of these black guys really think, hey, racism is over because we can have sex with white women. And that means nothing. People don't believe that high people, black men have been having sex with white women consensually for a long time. And again, like I said, check out this book, White Women, Black Men by, I believe, Martha Hodes. She breaks it down well, but it's very well recorded in history. It's nothing new. So if you think during slave times, during Jim Crow, that these consensual relationships weren't happening, you're nuts. They were always happening, and racism was still here. People were getting um, lynched. Um, one one rapper was dumb enough to even actually say that he said racism is uh over because actually, you know what? Let me find the exact. Let me find the exact quote. Um, A. S. A. P. Ferg says racism doesn't exist anymore. This appeared on Huff, Huffington Post, uh, Black Voices, and it says um. There's no racism with the internet. Racism only was. It's probably like five generations ago. Racism been over. It's the old people that keep on holding to it. We don't hold on to that shit. We don't know racism. We all like having, like, my little brother had white girlfriends. And that's regular. And he got into a whole bunch of crap. Over that, and I think he might have said it uh, more than more than once. I think he let me find another quote. You said you said something something else. Let me get a let me get a different quote. He also actually, you know, I, let me stop let me stop giving him any more any more shine because that's just idiotic. You get the point. So like these these black athletes, I get it, they probably got to this campus, they just probably see all these girls all these white girls kind of like uh, fetishizing them, and a lot of people get off on being fetishized, especially when you're young. just any attention is good attention. You know, these white girls are throwing themselves at you. historically, they've been the forbidden fruit, they've been the prize. I mean, there's a whole bunch of psychodynamics as to. Why you can get why black man would, you know, really get off on being in an environment and being approved of sexually by these white women and, you know, being, being given access to them, like that, that validation by a being that has long been the ultimate prize of your oppressor, you can see the appeal, the attraction, the magnetism that could come could come out of that and the feeling of validation you get but you don't understand it doesn't mean that you are any less subhuman under a system of white supremacy it it doesn't and you can't let it go to your head i mean it is what it is i'm not saying that it's always going to be that but under a system of white supremacy, more times than not, it will be that. And you see a lot of these um, black guys getting caught up like that, because imagine there were no witnesses. Imagine there were no, there was no cell phone videos. I mean, it already happened that these guys had to leave school. Only one came back. They lost their scholarships. They no longer are on the team. Even the one that came back to the school is no longer on the team. Like their whole life and career trajectory changed on a whim due to this uh, white girl. And this and this white girl was a predator. And I want to make that clear. Like, she's not just a lying scumbag. She's an outright predator because And this is not about like slut shaming. I'm not saying she's a predator because she was a sexual aggressor or had agency. Like, it's cool for women if they want to pursue men sexually and have agency in their sex lives and be the approachers and be the propositioners. That's fine. But she did this knowing that she actually wanted to be boyfriend and girlfriend with someone else, she basically targeted these men, propositioned them sexually, and the next day immediately went to the police to find a way to have her cake and eat it too, to slum, to take a walk on the wild side, to be with them, and to go back and, to being white and virginal the next day to being white and pure the next day and get them in trouble for a situation that she put them in. So it wasn't even like they propositioned her. She got caught up in the moment and agreed and then changed her mind. She propositioned them, took them to a bathroom, had three-way sex with them, and... Coolly and calmly, the next day, proceeded to try to ruin their lives, for something that she got them to do. Uh, yes, that's that's some crazy, that's some crazy stuff, man. So, again, it's always to a degree rape, even when it's consensual. And yeah, that's today's. Uh that's today's show, and I also want to throw in that's not a concept that I've come up with, many people have said it Uh, the last person I remember saying it is Tariq Nishi, but I think uh, Neely Fuller Jr. has has also said that and that's pretty much it for today everyone go to actually it's the premium episode so if you're listening to it, you probably already subscribed to the Patreon, but Go to iTunes and leave a review. Because when you leave a review, it helps the rankings of the show. Not just a rating, but a rating and a review. The higher the better, of course. And as usual, be good to each other and yourselves. Take care.